Hey, welcome everyone. It's great to greet you today, and I'm glad that you're joining us for worship. This is week four in our sermon series called Blind Spots, and today what we're going to do is talk about listening. Some people have a blind spot when it comes to listening. To be even more specific, we're going to talk about the blind spot that we can sometimes have when it comes to listening to advice. And so, as we begin today, let me just ask you a simple question. What's the very best advice that you've ever been given? I did a little research this week and came up with uh, the top answers to that question. Here are just some examples. Uh, Forgive and let go. I think that's great advice. Read a lot. Don't ever stop learning and growing as a person. I love this one. Save a portion of your earnings and avoid credit card debt. How about change your thinking and change your life? Find a mentor and do what they're doing. Be kind to people. Treat people as you would like to be treated and never give up. If someone asked me what's the best advice I've ever been given, I would say, and I'll just limit it to one thing for the sake of time, and it is mirrored, uh, or it mirrors rather something I just read. Someone once said to me, uh, it's always too early to quit. And I found that to be great advice. Uh, And it served me well over the years because there have certainly been plenty of times when I was ready to quit the different things I was doing or involved in. Maybe the very best advice anyone can ever give is reflected in an episode of the old television show, The Office. I'm sure many of you are familiar with that, and perhaps many of you watched that when it was on TV. It's a story about the characters in a fictional regional branch located in Scranton, Pennsylvania, of a paper company called Dunder Mifflin. Uh, In one episode, the main character of the show, Michael Scott, who is the regional manager of Dunder Mifflin Scranton branch, asked one of his employees, Dwight Schrute, who was assistant to the regional manager, not assistant regional manager, but if you watch the show, you'll know this, assistant to the regional manager of Dunder Mifflin Scranton branch, this question. Michael Scott asked this question to Dwight Schrute. What's the most inspiring thing I've ever said to you? Which you can make the case is another way of describing advice. What's the most inspiring thing I've ever said to you? And without even hesitation, Dwight replies, don't be an idiot. Changed my life. Later in a personal interview, Dwight says, whenever I'm about to do something, I think, would an idiot do that? And if they would, I do not do that thing. Now you've got to admit, whether you ever watch the show or not, that's pretty good advice. The truth is, nothing is more freely given than advice because everyone has an opinion, everyone has a tip, everyone has a suggestion. I wouldn't even venture a guess at the number of times someone has given me advice about pretty much everything that there is related to how we do church. But the truth is, again, a lot of people have a gigantic blind spot when it comes to listening to advice, no matter where it might come from or how good it might be. In fact, Wherever you are right now, just go ahead and raise your hand. I mean, physically raise your hand, and I'm going to be the first one to do it. If there's ever been a time in your life when you have thought, or maybe even said out loud, I wish I would have followed or taken the advice I got from, and then you just fill in the blank, because it could be any number of people. It could be your father. It could be a friend. It could be a boss. Maybe it could even be your pastor. One of the realities of being a pastor, especially the pastor of a large church, is a lot of people come to me for advice. And honestly, I've pretty much gotten to the place where I can tell right away if someone really wants advice or if they just want me to agree with whatever decision they've already made, no matter how bad it might be. It could be worse, though. I could be a coach. 
In my church in Oklahoma, one of my closest friends was the coach of our local high school's football team. And you know what? He was really good at it. He had a very good resume. He had won a state championship at a school that he had been at before. And he took that particular school further when it came to winning, at least at that time, than it had ever gone before. When we moved here, the year we moved here in 2001, he took our local high school there in Broken Arrow to the 6A state championship game. But he used to tell me about the different kinds of advice he would get from parents. And honestly, most of it was just crazy. And so, you know, if you're a mom or a dad who has a son or a daughter playing sports somewhere, let me just say this. There's a reason why coaches sometimes have a cautious attitude about parents. And here's the bottom line. Listening to advice in the real world is a difficult thing for a lot of people, even though the Bible, and this is particularly true in the book of Proverbs, even though the Bible is filled with a lot of positive teaching about the importance of advice. Let me give you some examples. Proverbs 12, 15 says, The way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. Proverbs 13, 10 says, Pride only breeds quarrels, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. Proverbs 15, 22. Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. Proverbs 18, 2. A fool finds no pleasure in understanding or in listening, but delights in airing his own opinions. Proverbs 19, 20. Listen to advice and accept instruction, and in the end you will be wise. Proverbs 20 and verse 18. Make plans by seeking advice. If you wage war, obtain guidance. In other words, if you've got a big decision to make, a really critical decision, that's when you especially need to seek advice. Proverbs 24, 6 reinforces that. For waging war, you need guidance. And for victory, many advisors. Now, Proverbs isn't the only place in the Bible that talks about advice, but I hope you can see from those verses the value in all of those words. And if God has this much to say about listening to and taking advice, then that's something we should pay close attention to. And so that's what I want to talk to you about for a little while today. And there's a part of me, honestly, friends, that wishes I could just tell you to turn to a specific passage, one single passage of Scripture in your Bible that we could study and learn everything there is to know about advice from God's perspective, because honestly, that's my favorite way of preaching, but that's not the case. And so, as a result, we're going to look at several passages of Scripture today, and I'm going to direct you to these passages by giving you what I think is a really great and simple, easy-to-remember plan to follow when it comes to getting good advice. And this plan comes, honestly, from a lifetime of learning for me, that includes 40 years of serving the local church. So if you're someone who likes to take notes, let's dive right in. And you write down on whatever you're using a number one, and next to that number one, just write the words, choose wisely. When it comes to seeking and following advice, you need to make sure that you choose wisely. There's a great example of this <clears throat> in the Bible, in the Old Testament book of Second Chronicles. So let me hear your pages turning to Second Chronicles chapter 10. Just kidding. I can't hear your pages turning. Just a little quarantine humor. Let me give you a little context while you're turning there. Rehoboam has just been named king of Israel after the death of his father Solomon. Now, while Solomon wasn't a perfect man, by all accounts, for the most part, <clears throat> he had been a successful king. 
But now it's time for his son to step up <clears throat> and assume leadership of the people. Remember, <clears throat> one of the things that we know about Solomon was that he was a very, very wise man. In 1 Kings chapter 3, right after his father David died and Solomon became king, the Lord appeared to him. And 1 Kings 3 and 5 says this, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. That's what the Lord said to Solomon. How many of us have dreamed of hearing something like that? Well, here was Solomon's reply in 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 7 through 9. Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant here among, excuse me, your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? And so Solomon asked for wisdom. When he could have had anything from God, he chose to ask for wisdom, and that wisdom served him well. But here's another thing that I want you to know about Solomon. While Solomon was a wise man, a very wise man, he also surrounded himself with wise counselors. And so when his son Rehoboam becomes king, he goes to consult with those counselors because he had heard that the people of Israel wanted a lighter government than Solomon had put on them. The people of the country wanted less government. Sound familiar to anyone? Look with me at 2 Chronicles chapter 10, verses 6 and 7. Then King Rehoboam consulted the elders who had served his father, Solomon, during his lifetime. How would you advise me to answer these people, he asked. And they replied, if you will be kind to these people and please them, and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your servants. And I don't know about you, but that sounds like great advice to me. Basically, they say, listen, Rehoboam, this is your chance to start off on the right foot with your people. And if you do this now, then they're going to be loyal to you in the future. And so this is a win-win. This is a win for them, and it's a win for you. But we look at 2 Chronicles chapter 10 and verse 8, and this is what we read. But Rehoboam rejected the advice the elders gave him and consulted the young men who had grown up with him and were serving him. He asked them, What is your advice? How should we answer these people who say to me, Lighten the yoke your father has put on us? And then we read on in verses 10 and 11. The young men who had grown up with him replied, Tell the people who have said to you, Your father put a heavy yoke on us, but make our yoke lighter. Tell them, my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. My father laid on you a heavy yoke. I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions. And so basically, here's what happened. Solomon chose the advice of the younger men over the experienced elders and delivered their message to the people of Israel. And what happened next was not good. Second Chronicles 10, 16. When all Israel saw that the king refused to listen to them, they answered the king, What share do we have in David? What part in Jesse's son? To your tents, O Israel, look after your own house, O David. And basically, friends, what happened was a rebellion among the people because Rehoboam listened to the wrong advice. And as a result... The people of God became divided, and now, rather than being one people, they became two different nations, the nation of Israel and the nation of Judah. And that was the beginning of all kinds of bad things for God's people. 
Now, I want you to listen to me really close. I'm not saying that you should disregard the advice of young men or younger men. What I'm saying is that these younger men didn't have the experience necessary to make to help Rehoboam rather make the best and wisest decision, and it cost him dearly. That's why it's so important when it comes to advice to choose wisely, to choose who you listen to wisely. Go back with me for just a moment to Second Chronicles chapter 10 and verse 8, and let's look at the very first part of verse 8. It says, but Rehoboam rejected the advice the elders gave him and consulted the young men who had grown up with him. You know what I think the key phrase is in that verse or in that portion of the verse? It's the phrase, the young men who had grown up with him. And here's why I say that. Rehoboam sought the advice of men that he was comfortable with. And listen, that's not always the best choice when you've got a big decision to make that's going to affect the lives of many people. These young men, I'll say it again, they simply didn't have the experience needed to help Rehoboam make this kind of decision. They didn't have the expertise that was needed when it came to leading people. And so if you're going to seek advice, then choose someone who has wisdom and someone who has experience so that they can help you even, listen, even if their advice is not what you want to hear. Proverbs 13 and verse 20 says, He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Proverbs 14, 7 says, Stay away from a foolish man, for you will not find knowledge on his lips. Now again, I'm not saying that Rehoboam's friends were foolish simply because they were young. But they were foolish when it came to advice, or rather giving advice, about how to lead a nation because they didn't have any experience in that. And Rehoboam was foolish in taking their advice, and the end result was disastrous for everyone. So here's the first lesson when it comes to listening to and taking advice. Choose wisely. Let me put it in really simple terms that ever, everyone can understand. When it comes to seeking and listening to advice, look for someone who has been there, done that. And that will help you immensely. Let me give you a second thing to consider when it comes to seeking and listening to advice. Choose someone who cares about you. That's very important. Write that down next to number two. Choose someone who cares about you. Let me tell you something that's a really, really big deal when it comes to advice, and I want you to listen to me close. When you take advice from someone, you put yourself in a vulnerable position. That's probably one of the main reasons, if not the main reason, why many people never seek advice. So before you ask and before you listen, make sure the person that you're talking to doesn't have his or her own agenda, but actually has your best interest at heart. I want you to take your Bibles and go with me from 2 Chronicles chapter 10, further to the left in your Old Testament, and I want you to find Exodus chapter 18. And again, while you're turning there, I'll give you the context for this passage. Moses has a father-in-law whose name is Jethro. And Jethro has heard about everything that God has done for Moses and the Israelites and how God has led them out of Egyptian bondage. And so, one day, Jethro comes for a visit. And while he's there, Moses does what he does during the day. And he takes his seat as the judge for the people and then takes care of the needs of all the people. And the Bible says he does it from morning all the way into evening. 
And after Jethro sees that, <clears throat> he asks Moses this question. What are you doing? Moses basically says, I'm doing what I need to do. The people come to me needing to know what the will of God is, and they come to me needing to settle disputes, and that's what I do. Now, having said that, if you got your Bibles open there to Exodus chapter 18, I want you to follow along with me as I read verses 17 through 23. I'm starting in verse 17. Moses' father-in-law replied, What you're doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen now to me, and I will give you some advice, and may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to Him. Teach them the decrees and laws and show them the way to live and the duties they are to perform. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men, who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times, but have them bring every difficult case to you, the simple cases they can decide themselves. That will make your load lighter because you will share it, or excuse me, they will share it with you. If you do this, and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain, and all these people will go home satisfied. And in the end, Moses listened to his father-in-law. Exodus 18.24, the very next verse in the passage says, Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said. Now listen, this was a really big deal because Moses took the risk of distributing his leadership among a number of other men, and that's something that would threaten a lot of leaders. But Moses did this in part because he trusted his father-in-law and followed his advice. As a result, he created a system that worked for everyone, a system of leading that worked for everyone. Let me tell you why I believe Moses knew that his father-in-law could be trusted in this, how Moses knew that his father-in-law cared about him and genuinely had his best interest at heart. Because let's face it, that's not always the case. It's not always easy to trust your father-in-law. I mean, this is the guy who thinks no one has ever been good enough for his daughter. But when I read the story, my eye goes to Exodus chapter 18 and verse 19, and then again, Exodus chapter 18 and verse 23. And because of those verses, I think Moses knew that Jethro cared about him because Jethro knew and understood, and understood rather what Moses cared about. Notice that when Jethro gave Moses this advice, he made sure to reference the role and the blessing of God in all of this. Exodus 18, 19 says, and this is Jethro speaking, Listen now to me, and I will give you some advice, and may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. And then later in verse 23, again, Exodus 18, Jethro says, If you do this, and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain, and all these people will go home satisfied. See, Jethro knew that Moses was doing what God had called him to do. But he also knew that it was too much for Moses by himself. So, when he gave him his advice, he was careful to talk about the role and the blessing of God in this new model of leadership. And that let Moses know that his father-in-law understood how important obedience to God was in all of this. You know, there were many, many times in my younger life when I wished I had a father that I could turn to for advice, somebody that I really knew loved me, 
had my best interest at heart that I could turn to for advice. And I'm talking about advice about all kinds of things. But for me, that just wasn't the case. Well, as a result of that, I decided a long time ago that I would be the kind of father who would be available to give advice to his children and who knows, maybe one day even to my grandchildren. And here's the deal about that. While they don't always have to like my advice and they certainly don't have to follow my advice, they will always know that my advice comes from a heart of love, a heart that cares about them and is focused on their best interest. This is a really important part of taking advice because as I said earlier, whenever you ask for and follow someone's advice, you put yourself in a vulnerable position. So make sure that you're talking to someone you know cares about you. Let me give you a third thing. When it comes to asking for and following advice, choose to follow. Ecclesiastes 4.13 says, Better a poor but wise youth than an old but foolish king who no longer knows how to take a warning. It reads like this. The same verse reads like this in the Living Bible. It is better to be a poor but wise youth than to be an old and foolish king who refuses all advice. One of the biggest challenges that people like you and me will often face when it comes to advice is our own stubborn refusal to follow that advice because of our pride. But the Bible says in James chapter 4 and verse 6, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And so as we go through life, we just simply need to open our hearts to following good advice. Sometimes we just need to set our pride aside and open our advice to following good advice. And that's especially true when that advice is based on the truth of God's Word. When I was a very young preacher, I was 23 years old, and most of you know this because you've heard my story, I planted a church, a little church in a suburb of Houston, Texas called Sugarland. One day, early on, in the ministry of that church, a man much older than me came to me and he wanted some advice. Seems he had been in the printing business uh, all of his adult life. And I'm talking about he being involved in pretty much every aspect of the printing business. And he was thinking about going into business with another man that he had just recently met who, like him, had spent all of his professional life in the printing business. Now, I told him right off the bat, you know, I'm not somebody who has any real knowledge when it comes to any kind of business. But he said, I know what I want is for you to give me some counsel or to give me some advice from the Bible that will help me with this decision. And so we began to talk and I began to ask him some specific questions about the man who would be his partner. And one of the questions that I asked is, or was, is he a man of faith? Is he a Christian? And he quickly said, no. I mean, he didn't hesitate. He said, no. So I turned his attention to the words of 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14 where Paul writes and says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common, or what fellowship can light have with darkness? And we talked about that, that verse for a little while. And I ended up telling him that based on those words, it didn't seem to me like a good idea to go into business with someone who didn't have the same faith and Christian convictions that he did. In the end, however, he told me, you know, 
I just feel like I can trust him because we've got a lot in common and all of our conversations about this new business venture have been very positive. So he went forward with the partnership. Well, fast forward and six months later, his new partner had managed to take complete control over the business and push him out with nothing. He lost every single thing that he invested into that business. Listen to me close. The Bible is not just another book. It's the revelation of God to man. And because of that, the words of the Bible can't be ignored. So when I say choose to follow when it comes to advice, I mean oftentimes choose to obey, especially when that advice comes straight from God's word. You and me, we don't know better than God, regardless of the circumstance. And thinking that we do will oftentimes end up in great disappointment. Well, well let, me just, let me just begin to close in the same way we began. Let me ask you a question. Do you have a blind spot when it comes to asking for or listening to advice? If so, then chances are your problem can be summed up by a single word, and I just referenced that word a moment ago, and that's the word pride. Let me give you some advice. Here's some advice from your pastor. Don't let your pride keep you from experiencing what could be great blessing in your life that would come as a result of seeking and listening to advice. I know, and I've mentioned this almost every week, I know that during this time of online-only church, many families are listening together, and um, I also understand that this probably has not been the easiest message to listen to and follow for younger children. But I have a suggestion for your family as we close. Sometime today or sometime later this week, then get together, maybe when you're having a meal, uh, right after a meal is over, and get out a Bible and turn to 2 Kings chapter 5 and read together the story of a man named Naaman who was a leper. His story is in 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 1 through 19. And when you read the story, uh, talk about the many lessons that can be learned from that story, including lessons related to listening to and following advice. Let me just briefly summarize the story of Naaman as we close. Naaman was a Syrian general. He was a very powerful man who one day came down with leprosy. His wife had a servant girl who told him, or told her rather, about the prophet Elisha. And so ultimately what Naaman does, and I'm really summarizing the story, you'll see there are a lot more details if you read it. But ultimately, Naaman travels to Samaria and ends up at the home of Elisha the prophet. But instead of speaking to Naaman in person, Elisha sends out his servant to tell Naaman that this is what he needs to do. He needs to go to the Jordan River and he needs to wash himself or dip himself seven times in the Jordan River. And if he does that, he will be cleansed. Well, friends, Naaman, if you know the story, he doesn't respond to that well. He doesn't respond to that well at all because it insulted him. It insulted his pride. First, he was insulted that the message was delivered by the servant of the prophet rather than the prophet himself. And second, he was insulted by, it was, by the fact that it was so simple and he expected whatever Elisha told him to do to be much more grand and much more impressive than just go and going and washing yourself or dipping yourself seven times in a, quite frankly, a dirty and a muddy river. And so he was prepared to just walk away in anger. But instead of that, 
What happened was his servants stopped him, and they gave him some advice of their own. And in the end, because he followed their advice, Naaman puts aside his pride and follows the instructions delivered by Elisha's servant and is healed. He goes down to the Jordan River. He washes or dips himself seven times in the Jordan River, and as a result, he is healed. Listen to me close. Oftentimes, the biggest threat to advice is our own stupid and stubborn pride. There's a reason why when we read in the Bible, we see over and over again that God values humility. We, I mentioned the verse earlier, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And so, get rid of your blind spot when it comes to advice by getting over yourself, getting over your pride. Choose wisely about advice. Choose someone who cares about you when it comes to advice, and choose to follow that advice, especially when it's based on the truth of God's Word. And when you do those things, you just might put yourself in a position to experience the blessing of God in your life in a way that you've never, ever experienced before. That's my advice to you today, and I hope and pray that you'll take it to heart. I want you to pray with me. Father in heaven, thank you for this time we've had today once again to open up our Bibles to your word. And we've looked, we've really studied the Bible today when it comes to the subject of advice. We've been in Old Testament stories. We've been through the book of Proverbs. We have searched the scriptures for answers related to advice. And I pray that we will take this truth to heart. And I pray that we will understand that it's okay to admit that we don't have all the answers. It's okay to ask for help. We just need to make sure that we do it the right way. We need to choose who we ask for help wisely. We need to choose someone that we really believe cares about us and has our best interest at heart. And then, in the end, we need to choose to follow. We need to choose to obey that advice, especially, especially when it's based on the truth of your word. And so, Father, as we live with this desire to be pleasing to you and be productive and fruitful in our lives of faith, Help us to be willing to admit if we have a blind spot in our life about advice and help us to move past that. We love you. We pray your blessing on all of this and we ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.